Well, a little bit of breaking news on this fine Monday evening. One of Louisiana's best is staying home. You are Locked On LSU, your daily podcast on the LSU Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, thank you for making Locked on LSU your first listen every single day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast. Plus, do not forget, we also are on YouTube. We are daily and we are free on your preferred podcast platform and on YouTube as well. My name is Caroline Fenton. I am your host, as I am every single day. You can follow along with me on Twitter at Caroline Fenton One. You can follow along for podcast updates at Locked On LSU. However you listen, wherever you listen, however you interact with the podcast, just appreciate you for being here, and always appreciate you for making Locked On LSU your first listen every single day. Let's get into it. A little bit of breaking news on this Monday afternoon on the Jordy Collada Show. Four-star cornerback from Lafayette, Jawan Johnson, has committed to LSU. He's considered an athlete on all of the recruiting websites, so he's versatile. He can play several different positions. He can, you know, kind of, kind of bop around in the secondary. He can play corner. He can play safety. He's played some offensive snaps in high school, but really, for the most part, he is widely considered a cornerback. So let's look at Brian Kelly's priorities when recruiting. Of course, addressing positions of need, making sure that you're not constantly refreshing position groups, you're not constantly refreshing and picking pieces out of the transfer portal every single season for several different position groups. That's what they've been faced with in the last couple of years with the cornerback room. Well, now you added another one into the 2024 class. So that's one is adding positions of need, making sure that you're not constantly fishing in the transfer portal to fill those needs. Just good players. Just just get good players in from everything that I've seen and read and heard of of Jawan Johnson. That's exactly what LSU is getting. And third of all, he's from Louisiana. He is homegrown. He's a Lafayette kid. You have to keep that in-state talent in-state. And snagging Jawan Johnson is just another example of Brian Kelly kind of practicing what he preaches in that 2024 class. He's 5'11", 178, could probably put a stand to put a little bit of weight on. But remember, he's in the 2024 class. He's got some time. He's still got a couple of years in high school left. But he's the eighth-ranked player in Louisiana. He's got that speed. He's got the speed that you want in a cornerback. He's uh, also runs track. He won state in the 400 uh, in track. Uh, one state in the four by 200 relay race. So he's got that spide, the, the speed spide, speed that you want and the versatility that you would want as well. So a little bit of background on Jawan Johnson. He was originally committed to Colorado. And he was part of that massive influx of recruits that once Deion Sanders went to Colorado, recruits and, and transfer portal players all decided to go play for Coach Prime. And then he was also part of that massive group of players that either decommitted or entered the transfer portal from Colorado late April. So Colorado had their spring game April 23rd. 
That's when we saw a whole lot of Colorado Buffalo trickle into the transfer portal. It was that exact same day, actually, that Juwan Johnson decided to enter the transfer portal. So whatever was going on at Colorado clearly was not working, was not sticking with their recruits and their transfer portal players. However, Juwan Johnson found his way home. And let's look at this LSU 2024 recruiting class. It's the fifth-ranked class in the country, and remember, there is so much time, and there are so many players that are left to go committed. So that could help LSU in terms of the rankings. It can also hurt LSU. Uh, But just keep that in mind. It's early, and a lot of these four stars and five stars, they're going to take their time. They're going to take all of their allotted visits. They're going to let the offers and the scholarships and the NIL deals, they're going to let all of that come to them. So there is absolutely positively no rush. But it's about this time that you want to start seeing those classes kind of start to take form. Because you want to see, okay, what position groups do we really need to continue to focus on? What areas are we doing well in? And also, those players start to do the recruiting for you. I mean, you can already see several members of that 2024 class, they're reaching out to their peers and the players around their age saying, hey, come play with me. You know, whatever they're building at LSU is really special and you are going to want to be part of it. That absolutely is a factor into all of this. So the more stars and talent that you use to start to bolster up your recruiting class, the rest of that class starts to take notice. It's not everything but it absolutely is a factor. You want to tell me that there weren't several players, receivers, offensive linemen, tight ends that weren't waiting to make their college decision until Arch Manning made his? It absolutely is a factor. So the 2024 class, fifth ranked in the country. Jawan Johnson marks the 15th player in that 2024 class. And nationally, you know, things are going to change. Things are going to fluctuate. There are going to be players that change their minds. There are going to be players that make up their minds from now until this time next year. But I think the most important thing is is taking kind of a page out of Brian Kelly's playbook, taking one of his priorities, keep the in-state talent in-state. Now, we'll talk with one of Locked On's new recruiting insiders, Brian Smith, on tomorrow's podcast. I'm so excited to share with you Brian Smith and all of his knowledge, and you'll get to know him as I get to know him as well. But he mentions how talent-rich the state of Louisiana is, which we already knew that. We already know that Louisiana, you know, per capita, has more talented football players than probably any other state in the country, more specifically South Louisiana, probably is more concentrated with talent than any other area in the country. So we already knew how talent-rich this area was. We already know how important it is to keep those South Louisiana players and Louisiana players as a whole at LSU, keep them keep them in state. Don't let those fours and five stars from New Orleans and Shreveport and Lafayette, don't let them go to Florida or Alabama or Texas A&M. This is another example of that because four of the top 10 ranked players in the state of Louisiana have all committed to LSU. In fact, only four of the top 10 uh, ranked players in the state of Louisiana have committed anywhere. Six have yet to commit to LSU. Two are incredibly high on LSU. Two of the top 10 players or two of the six of the top 10 players that have not yet committed to where they're going to play college football in the 2024, 2024 season are very high on LSU. All of the, you know, the recruiting insiders and the crystal balls have those two players committing to LSU. So right now, 
in terms of commitments, you've got four of the top 10. You've got potentially six of the top 10 if those crystal balls are correct. Of course, we know everything can change with NIL, with dealing with players that are 16 or 17 years old. Things change. There are so many factors in college decisions these days, but you're looking at potentially 60% of the top 10 players in the state of Louisiana coming to LSU. That is huge. This is a huge get for Ryan Kelly. This is a huge get for this LSU football team. You're getting a solid player. You're getting a lot of talent. You're getting a good bit of versatility. And you're securing some of the top talent in the state. I know. I know. I heard everyone complaining and, and, and being incredibly skeptical is maybe the right word rather than complaining about Brian Kelly's ability to recruit in the state of Louisiana. I think that this is just the next page in this chapter of Brian Kelly's success in the state of Louisiana, success that we weren't necessarily sure he would have. So Juwan Johnson, four-star cornerback athlete from Lafayette, has committed to LSU. He had uh, visits scheduled to other schools throughout the summer. He had a June schedule, uh, a June visit scheduled to Florida. He has since canceled that. He has since canceled all the rest of his visits, not to say that he can't rebook other ones, but I do think that that, that speaks volumes that he is committed to LSU, both verbally and mentally, physically, emotionally, all the words. Coming up next, recruiting players out of high school is not the only work that LSU has been putting in. What's the latest on a transfer portal target? We'll get into that coming up next. Before we do that, I want to tell you about Built Bar. Because if you're looking for a delicious snack and you don't want all the sugar, you don't want all the calories, you don't want all the fat, then you need to try the best tasting protein bar ever. It is built. You've got to try it. Because if you're like me and you want to eat a little bit healthier, you want to make better choices, but you don't want to compromise on taste, then Built Bar is the perfect thing for you. They are healthy and they taste amazing. They taste so amazing that you won't even know that they're healthy because you know those things that just taste healthy and it's not necessarily a good thing. Well, that's not the case with Built because they're covered in 100% real dark chocolate and they come in delicious flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and cookies and cream. You'll think that you're eating a dessert, but you won't have to sacrifice all the dessert calories and sugar. Built Bars are healthy. They're only 130 calories, and they have 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. They'll keep you full for hours. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, I've been telling you that you can get Built Bars at Built.com, and of course you can steal that, but you can also get them at your local Walmart. Head to your nearest Walmart, walk to the pharmacy section, grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a 4-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or the coconut puffs, or... If you're closer to a Sam's Club, head into Sam's Club and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter puff and churro puff. And, of course, you can still get your specialty flavors still at Built.com. So delicious, good for you. You can thank me later. Well, thanks again for making Locked on LSU your first listen every single day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Every dayers tomorrow on the podcast, we will break down some of the latest of the LSU's recruiting with Brian Smith, Locked On's newest recruiting insider. So, so excited to share that conversation with you guys coming up tomorrow on the podcast. 
Jawan Johnson, four-star cornerback, four-star athlete from Lafayette, is headed to LSU. But LSU has been putting in some work and not just on the recruiting out of high school front. LSU has been putting in that work recruiting via the transfer portal. Because over the weekend, LSU, Brian Kelly, this LSU football program, hosted Logan Diggs for an official visit. Logan Diggs, a running back out of Notre Dame. Logan Diggs, he's from the New Orleans area. So the theme of the day is not just getting players and keeping in-state players in-state. It's also getting that in-state talent back in-state if they may have uh, if they may have left their initial college decision. Logan Diggs has spent the last two years at Notre Dame, so he was recruited by Brian Kelly. He was coached by Brian Kelly. He knows Brian Kelly. He's been through his initial college experience with Brian Kelly. He is from the New Orleans area, like I mentioned. He took his official LSU visit, and he got wined and dined. They brought out all the stops, as they should, as they always do with recruits, whether they're coming out of high school, whether it's in the transfer portal. And I say wine and dined, I mean that quite literally. Saw photos on Twitter of his mom holding up a wine glass entire stadium. And good for her. That's how the energy that I'm trying to bring into this football season. It's trying to be, I'm trying to be her in the next couple of weeks, holding up a glass of wine in Tiger Stadium, hopefully with a big old smile on my face. But with Logan Diggs, there's very little information that we have got, tangible information that we've gotten about Logan Diggs since his visit to LSU this past weekend. You know, he's from Louisiana. You have to assume that, you know, that, that LSU is an important place to him, that that's home, and that's making a massive assumption. But you have to assume that that's at least playing a factor here, is being close to home, coming back home, being able to play in front of your mom and your dad who don't have to travel, you know, several hours to come see you on a Saturday night. Nope, they can just hop on I-10, head up from New Orleans, be able to watch their son. And and that's that's the really just my assumption. That is based off of nothing that I have heard, just my thoughts and my knowledge of the area. But it's not a slam dunk for Logan Diggs. It is, in my perspective, it seems like it should be a slam dunk, but Logan Diggs really is between South Carolina and LSU. That is really the only information that I've gotten. He took his official visit to South Carolina two weeks ago. Apparently, it went very well. He took an official visit to Ole Miss. Didn't go so well, according to things that I have heard. So it really is coming down between South Carolina and LSU. And there's massive differences between those two programs, as we know. But here, just based off of my interpretation, these are the biggest differences. South Carolina needs running backs. The running back room is bare. LSU does not need running backs. LSU's running back room is not bare. At South Carolina, he could come in and and play immediately. There's not a whole lot of competition going on in that running back room. At LSU, on the other hand, you're not guaranteed to start day one. You're not stepping into LSU and the job is yours. There's a lot of competition there. There's going to be a whole lot of scratching and clawing that Logan Diggs would have to do against players who have been in that room and have played in that system and who have been there years prior. So, you know, I would say advantage South Carolina if that's what Logan Diggs wants is immediate playing time or maybe an easier and I don't like to say easier because I don't think anything in college football is easier, but maybe a more clear path to being a starter. That's one thing, you know, advantage South Carolina. But maybe Logan Diggs's priorities are, hey, man, I just want to win. I just want to be competitive. Well, LSU could be a national title contender. LSU could win the West. South Carolina, on the other hand, is not a national title contender. 
or at least it is not my impression that South Carolina would be a national title contender. It is not my impression that South Carolina would be able to compete for the SEC East. I know South Carolina finished out their season with two big wins against Tennessee and against Clemson. I'm not convinced that South Carolina is all of a sudden some sort of powerhouse. I'm not considered South. I'm not, you know, I'm not convinced that South Carolina is now going to be considered some sort of big competition against Georgia or Tennessee in the East. So if that's what Logan Diggs' priority is, then advantage LSU. I don't know what his priority is. Like I said, it's been pretty hush-hush, not a whole lot of information coming out about what he wants, about what he's prioritizing, about where his head is at. But that's just kind of what I'm looking at. If it's between South Carolina and LSU, two very different programs in two different, very different places, it just depends on what he wants. You want to be able to compete? You want to you want to compete for that job? And you want to be in a, on a competitive team? Go to LSU. If you want to play right away and you want a starting position basically carved out for you just because there's not a whole lot of depth in that room, then go to South Carolina. There's no right or wrong answer. But to me, Logan Diggs being a Louisiana native who spent his his last few years at Notre Dame, that just seems too perfect for him to not come to LSU. It seems too perfect for LSU to not seal the deal and close in on Logan Diggs. But we'll, of course, continue to keep you updated on any information that we may have heard about Logan Diggs' visit over the weekend. But there's some bad stuff that happened over the weekend. It was bad. It was brutal. I yelled. I cried. I sweat. It was brutal. I went through all the emotions. And I think you know what I'm talking about. And we'll get into that coming up next. Well, thanks again for making Locked in LSU your first listen every single day. Of course, we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, we are part of the Locked On Network, your team every single day. So let's be real. This past weekend for LSU baseball was embarrassing. This past weekend for LSU baseball was absolutely, positively unacceptable. LSU dropped its second series in a row, its second series of the season, against the worst team in the SEC as LSU dropped the series, dropped games on Saturday and Sunday against Mississippi State. Last week, I told y'all, Mississippi State has gotten swept than more series that they have won. I went in into the weekend, and I told y'all on Friday, this is the perfect get-right opportunity for LSU. This is the perfect opportunity to remind yourselves that you're the number one team in the country, that you're the best team in the country, that you are a team that is equipped and ready to make a run in the postseason. Remind yourselves of who you are. Remind us of who you are. Run, rule them, sweep them, do whatever you have to do, inflict some pain on a team that really, it seems like they probably could have. It seemed that they should have, but they didn't. Saturday was not great, but the real baseball malpractice came on Sunday. Sunday was the big problem. Uh, You're up 13-4 in the fifth inning. Really, you score one more run and you hold off Mississippi State for six more outs. And you would have run-rolled them. You would have won the series. You would have felt a whole lot differently about this team that we do today. But that was not the case because they couldn't close it out. LSU gave up a nine-run lead and ultimately dropped that game against Mississippi State 14-13 in 10 innings on Sunday. Lost the series. 
it's I said last week after LSU lost to Auburn, look, it's okay. You're going to drop a series. It's okay. You know, it was a, a weird day on Saturday with Ty Floyd coming out looking great and then the weird balk call and the weird, you know, double ejection. Sunday, the pitching looked horrendous. You walked seemingly 37 batters in a row. You get run rolled by Auburn on Sunday. Wasn't a good look at all. Was not a good look at all. But I thought, get right against Mississippi State. Get right against Mississippi State. Win the series. Sweep them. Go on to Georgia. Win that series. Sweep them. And then you're still in good shape. But I can't have that same kind of happy-go-lucky attitude about this weekend that I did last weekend because it came in much different fashion. It came against the worst team in the SEC. And it came against the worst team in the SEC on your home turf. It happened at Alec Buck Stadium. And it happened so horrendously on Sunday. That was so avoidable. Yet they couldn't avoid it. The number one team in the country, which I know LSU wasn't technically per the, the, the polls and the rankings, but that's the standard that I hold this team to is you're the number one team in the country. The number one team in the country is able to hold on to a nine-run lead against the worst team in the Southeastern Conference, and they couldn't do that. It's really unsettling to me thinking about what might happen to this team in the postseason if they don't figure the bullpen out. At this point, all you've really got is Paul Skeens and Ty Floyd on a good day. You know, Javen Coleman didn't have a, a horrible outing over the weekend, but still, I, I don't look at this bullpen and think, wow, you know, fifth inning, you're up nine inning, nine innings, nine runs. All you have to do is close out. Let's just go to a guy in the bullpen, a closer that we feel comfortable, can just go in, get the work done, get the dub, and move on. LSU doesn't have that guy or at least hasn't shown me that they have that guy. Because it seems like once you get past Paul Skeens and Ty Floyd on a good day, it's really just roulette. It's really just the flipping of a coin. It's really just keeping your fingers crossed that the offense can do enough to overcome and to to compensate for a poor bullpen. This, it, it will be. Absolutely, positively, baseball malpractice. If this team doesn't get past a super or doesn't make it to the finals in Omaha because of pitching. And I know those are very high expectations. But LSU might have the two most talented players in college baseball on their team. That raises expectations. When you have a pitcher like Paul Skeens, when you have a a player like Dylan Cruz, it should be enough. When you have players like that, when you have talent like that, and it's not just those two. It's really the roster top to bottom, barring the bullpen. It's the roster top to bottom is just that good that the expectation is you're competing for a national title. But the bullpen, I fear, just might get in the way of that. So whatever they need to do, you know, just have a come to Jesus moment. Shake off the expectations, shake off the jitters, shake off whatever is plaguing this team, whatever's plaguing these pitchers. And you you just got to turn around and get right for Georgia this weekend and sweep Georgia and hope that that's enough for a national seed. 
It just doesn't make me very encouraged for the postseason. Now, the season's not over, right? LSU, it wasn't a a win-or-go-home kind of situation. It was a regular season series. It It was a bad game on Sunday. Horrendous game on Sunday. Inexcusable performance from the bullpen on Sunday. But the season's not over. It's still very much alive. LSU could win the, you know, the SEC regular season. LSU could go on to win the SEC tournament. LSU could go on to punch their ticket to Omaha, and then it's you know, sailing into the sunset. All of those things are very much alive. It just doesn't make me feel very encouraged. Because what I've been saying of, you know, hopefully they figure it out. Hopefully this pitching staff figures it out. Because one of these days it's going to come where this pitching staff just shoots you in the foot and there's no amount of Trey Morgan or Tommy White or Dylan Cruz or Gavin Dugas offense that's going to be able to make up for it. And that day is here. That day is now. So you got to figure it out. And I wish that I had better analysis than just figure it out. But if this team falls short of Omaha, baseball malpractice. And I don't like that that's the position that we're in now. The season's still alive. But the bullpen's going to have to Going to have to look a whole lot better real soon. That's going to do it for me today. Thank you for making Locked on LSU your first listen every single day. Every day is tomorrow on the show. Brian Smith, Locked On's newest recruiting insider, will get all of his thoughts on the latest of LSU recruiting. All of that coming up tomorrow on Locked on LSU.